Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. This week in production, I'm in the studio with my favorite guest, Mr. Lou Lita. So great to be back under the red lights. It's been a while since I did a uh, podcast, a few weeks, certainly, or more. Been a lot of personal things going on in my universe that I'm not going to get into on this episode of TWIP. But we're embarking soon, soon, another 10 days or you know so before a week-long gig with uh, some golf uh, tournaments and, and then we'll be on the road in in July but you know we're still there's still a little bit of uh, gray area with work it's certainly coming back and people are certainly asking for things and this brings me to tonight's conversation point which is how do you manage a cancellation how do you deal with the unfriendly term kill fee great question well and we can expound on that a little bit it, usually these things start with can you hold a date for me or you know there's book a date there's hold a date and there's soft hold a date let's start so, let's so, start so, with that yeah so give me your definite because i bet if you ask 10 people what a because i've heard it called first hold or just a hold or a soft hold or firm hold they know. or you're choking me <laughs> but what is your understanding your operating relationship with those terms regarding a hold i would go if someone says hey i want to book you on these dates that's to me a done deal book means you're hired i'm hired it's a go um I want to hold these dates. It's like, yeah, it's 50-50, right? And I'll get back to you. And then there's soft hold, and there's a that's a kind of a fuzzy line between those two. Soft hold to me means I want to I want to hold these, but if something else comes up, take it. Meaning I can take it. Oh, without checking in. Well, I would still out of courtesy check in. You know, but that's where hold and soft hold, uh, is, See, is there really a difference? In, in my book, uh, a hold is a hold. There is no soft hold. A soft hold means, you know, the project is very preliminary and I'm not certain it's going to happen. I mean, a hold and a soft hold in my book are the same. It means yeah, I would say, yeah, keep, the, keep the date. If you get something else, you call me and I will, I have first right of refusal. If I ask you to hold a date for me, my expectation is that you will be available should I call you back and say it's booked unless you call me and ask me for a release. And it's my first right of refusal when I ask you to hold it that I can either book you or release you for it. So what do you do when someone says I can't quite, I, can't, I think it's going to happen, but I don't know? Well, in and then you've been asked and you know you can do another job. Well, see, I'm, I look at it from two sides. So I look at it from my producer side where I'm asking people to hold. But I'm also on the other side where people are asking me to hold. So from my standpoint as a producer, 
If I ask you to hold a date and then you call me and you say, listen, I've got a, uh, a job asking for the same dates and I say, no, I need you. And then my job goes away at the end of the day. I pay you for your day. Yeah, well, that's magnanimous of you. But that's, you I mean, know, that, and that's the way it should that's, be. Because that's I mean, the you, way it should be. Because if I've if I've asked you to hold and you've turned down work, there's lots of gray areas. But let's just go on the theory that a hold is a first right of refusal. So, in your universe, do you get many requests to hold? Yeah, occasionally. I mean, there's certain producers. I just got one recently uh, who asked me to soft hold like six dates. And and there is going to be a conflict. Like, an, uh, oh, it'll be an overlap with another job. And, you know, I just shot back a text saying, uh, you know, there's a conflict. So, I so do you offer him a second hold on that date? Or do you just say, I can't hold it? Or do you just say, well, you can hold it because I don't know what's happening? I said, if you want to, you know, if you need to book someone else that can guarantee it, I get it. But if you, you know, I can do like the dates afterwards, but I can't do the first day. I, I don't even know what the job is. I just know I've been asked to hold like five or six days in November. So I haven't heard back. So I don't really take it seriously. So, you know, I but I'm committed, to, you know, because someone else has already booked me on those dates. As far as I know, there it go. But could they go away? Yes. Do you do you have a written policy about cancellations? Not. I play it very loosey goosey. Uh, you know, I, I sort of go under the assumption everybody's going to do the right thing. But do you do you ever get down to a brass tacks? definition of here is the schedule for cancellation uh i have done it there's been a few jobs um you know at a much higher level probably more out of the norm than what i'm used to you know where it's very clear that if this gets canceled within 24 hours you're going to be paid um you know if there's like a 48 or whatever certain period before then maybe it's a half half rate now if it happens with a client that I have a long relationship with a lot of times I let it slide just because I'm not, I don't want to make a big deal. You know what? I know it's been a long standing relationship. And, and that's, that's a gray area. Um, Very gray. That, that is an area that you do have to approach in a, in a context sensitive way. And if you're an Apple person, you'll understand when I say, you know, control click, <laughs> you, you have options when that circumstance comes up because you have to decide is that a relationship that's worth potentially blowing up over a day rate or a couple of days we we both work in different sort of you know areas of video but every person is going to be in a slightly different position i mean it's one thing to say hey okay i'm gonna give up a day's work you know will you know kind of write that day off because it's a good client. What do you do with a four or a six week commitment? I mean, that's like, you got to have a hard conversation and go, you cost me a lot of money here. Uh, Those are sticky situations. Very sticky. And 
I, you know, in a perfect world, you would say, well, they should pay up something. They should pay some sort of penalty for releasing. And a lot of it depends on your confidence level in your work and whether you need that business or not. Because if you don't feel that you need the business, like you'll have other jobs coming in, you could say, you know what, pay me X or we're done. Right. And then it's up to them to say, oh, you know, it's worth the relationship. We don't want to lose you. Yeah, I would agree it's with that. It's worth the relationship to pay you a, a fee. I mean, they really tied his hands, though, because they basically locked him up. He had to say no to any other work. And then they said, the, did the job go away or did it get pushed down the line? Well, it got pushed, but it was one of those things that, yeah, it might happen. It might not. Because in COVID era... With reality series, it's all very fluctuant. Oh, yeah. We know about reality series. Yeah. Now, in my other universe where I'm a vendor to a big um, corporation, you know, we're doing these, you know, I, I hate to even say it again, but we're still doing these Zoom recordings. And they're just the worst thing ever. I mean, they're really getting bad. So in this corporate world, they will book me for these Zoom recordings. And I've got a fee. It's a two-hour commitment of time. And it's if whether it's a half hour or it's two hours, it's the same price. There's no break. If it goes more than two hours, then it gets on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. And then if the, the, we didn't speak about a kill fee... But my my internal client knows what the kill fee, you know, penalty is typically. But what was happening was that these executives would schedule a Zoom. I might have three or four booked in a day. And then they, at the last minute, like 15 minutes before the call, they would say, oh, I'm not available. And at That's first, not your problem. At first, I was like, okay, we'll reschedule it because it was like the first time it happened. But then it was like a repeated offense, not with the same executive, but these jobs, or the cancellation rate was very high. It was probably, you know, 25% cancellation rate out of, wow. out of the jobs, which is a lot. Yeah. So, and, and were you billing them for this? Or? Well, at first I wasn't because I was like, well. Big client. A big client. Right. Long-standing relationship. It's You're not going to nickel and dime. I'm not going to nickel and dime. But then I said to myself, these people don't respect the process and the time commitment. And they're not understanding that it's affecting the ability to take other work. So I, I had a conversation with my internal um, producer at the company and I said listen there's going to have to be a one hour kill fee on any cancellation and it's just I have to do it because they're they're happening way too frequently and well again it's it's like the when you do something for free it immediately the other person generally feels like there's no value to it so they don't respect it it's like ah didn't cost me anything what's the big deal right like like their time is worth more than my time right. so that part i definitely was aggravated by and i decided to enforce the kill fee of an hour on any cancellation and the cancellations did drop 
There was some pushback at first saying, oh, do we have to bill them for this? I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, this, this one internal client had four cancellations in like two weeks. And I said, you know what, I'll waive the first one, but the other three I have to charge for. Get three cans, get three, four cancellations, get one free. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's one of these things that is very tricky. It, you know, again, the, the more truth you have up front, like, oh, you know, someone's asking about this date and you think you might be able to do it. So you might say yes, because you might anticipate something else you're holding going away, but you're not really being yeah, truthful. It's, it's a chess match and you're hoping and right, maybe but, but it... you have to be truthful about it. You have to say, listen, I can't give you a first hold on that job. I can give you a second hold. That's a very truthful way of handling that. Okay. Like I want to do the job, but I'm already booked or I'm holding. Give me 24 hours to, you know, determine. Now, here's another question for you. Go. That's sort of a standard. Okay. I've challenged your hold. I'm asking you to commit or to release. How much window do you give them? That kind of leads into something I was going to bring up. When someone says, what's your schedule look like over the next month or two weeks? It's like, well, here's what it looks like today. So I give you, you know, July 10th, 12th, 13th, 14th, and July 22nd, 23rd. But by this time tomorrow, that could change. So, you know, they may or may not have an answer within a couple days or even a week. And then they're like, all right, I booked these days for us. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't hear from you and I took something else. Now, again, it's a client that maybe you've worked with for years and you're like, sorry, dude, I can't, I, I, I didn't hear from you. I had to book something else. Now he didn't hold me. He just said, what does your schedule look like? Right. Well, if he didn't ask you to hold it, then you're under no obligation. Right. But you know, again, it, there's that fuzzy line where you're trying to help out a client well, that's been yes, good to and you. That's, and that's, that's a fair point. And this also touches on another topic that we've discussed on on this week in production before which is pricing your jobs and there is a tendency i think to discount work especially for sort of you know friendly clients mm. things like that where my business model is price the job at a price where if i needed to step out and bring someone else in to do it i could afford to do mm. so and this this happened to me um, last week where I had a, a one-off job come in, book a date, and then my long-standing client came in later and asked for the same date for a job that I had done many years in a row for them. And I was sort of, you know, a regular, if you will, on the gig. But I said, I'm sorry, I am booked on that job. But I can help you. Mm. I can bring in my associate and it will not cost you any more money. It'll be as good a job because I've priced it that way where mm. I can go out. You can afford, and to, afford hire someone. to hire someone, even right. if his rate is maybe more than I might normally be charging for my own time. And you compensated for it. I've that. compensated mm. for it just for that purpose. And I think 
it all plays into effect, right? Because if you can help your client out by You're a hero. by bringing someone else in or you bringing in someone else to help in your first gig and you're able to step out by pricing it right, you have some flexibility. Mm. But when you don't and you get that conflict where, well, you didn't ask me to hold it, they're expecting you now, and because maybe the price wasn't, you know, good to bring in someone else from the outside, you're now not a hero. You're now a goat. Right. And, and I don't mean greatest of all time. <laughs> Tom Brady. Generally speaking, being upfront about scheduling and cancellations and penalties and pricing. Like those are things that you really can't mess up if you want to be conflict free. The the more upfront you are about all of that. And again, I don't mean like you have to give your client a six page terms and conditions agreement because I think in some instances that is a negative and a turnoff. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. But I think you do need to be clear, especially when you have a feeling. Now, I recently had a referral uh, of a, a job from a good friend of mine. Won't mention him now in case it goes bad. But, <laughs> to be determined. But the client was based in the UK. The job was in New York. And I think there was an assumption because it was like a referral from a close friend of mine that I would just go along with whatever terms had been established by my friend. And my friend had done work with them and he, you know, he had a more um, comfortable relationship. But I was booking uh, outside studio time. There were a lot of upfront costs that I was incurring to do the job. And I said, listen, I need... Normally, I would probably ask from an out of town. I'd ask for payment up front, to right. be honest, especially in these. Or at least 50%. Well, I said, in light of this being a friendly, warm referral, because I'm trusting that my friend wouldn't give me up to a bad client, mm. I said, I'd be willing to settle for a 50% upfront payment. Mm -hmm and 50% on terms. And they were agreeable to that. And we did the job and, and it went great. But I, you have to be upfront about what you need, what your terms are, what you're comfortable with, and what is the result of an unexpected scheduling conflict, which does happen. I mean, one of these corporate jobs where we were doing Zoom, I get it. Like there was a power outage in this woman's town, but that's not my problem. That's what that's, generators are for. That's your problem. Now, in that case- Yeah, why should, why should you pay the price for that? Right, I can't. I only have a finite amount of hours. If I'm not earning what I can earn in that finite amount of hours, that's you know a poor reflection on my business you know, skills. So, you know, you have to have a fee, but you have to be clear about it. You cannot spring it on somebody unexpectedly. You can't assume, and I think this is another gray area, people assume that everyone understands 
the film business. Right, and, the, and they the, don't. And they don't. Even people who are in the film business don't understand the film business. And I've been in the business for almost 40 years, and I don't understand it all. I mean, there's so much psychological componentry to this in the like your confidence level in your own abilities and if you feel like every job you need to hang on to with a death grip that's not a good business no i know but it's it's also i don't don't like losing jobs i don't like having a black mark i don't you you know i mean again there's a certain pride factor i don't care what level it is you know, a high-end corporate job, a little commercial job. Right. Right? It's like they're all the same to me. Right, and that's the gray area. If the people that I hire, if I treat them with respect and um, a respect not only for their skill but for their time and energy, if I treat them the way I expect to be treated, I have then usually a well-established roster of people that I can turn to. For example, client calls, says, the shoot's on this day, let's do it, book it. And I book my guys, and then for some reason, the shoot goes away. Like, client says, oh, the, the person, the executive's not available, whatever. So I pay my guys a kill fee mm-hmm. because I asked them to book, but I mean, I, it, did they cancel at the last minute? Yeah, or? last minute. Okay. But I may or may not be able to recoup that from the client as a line item for the kill fee. But if it is a good client, or even if it's not, and let's say they reschedule now for two days later, and maybe three of the five guys on the crew are not available, sometimes that would become a negative, like, oh, I can't get my my mm. one audio guy mm. or i can't get my you know gaffer or my dp or hey i didn't pay them a kill fee and they don't want to talk to me anymore <laughs> if you treat your roster of people well you will not usually struggle to fill in the gaps at a last minute uh, agreed and that's why i always pay people upon receipt of invoice it's like i just know how important that is and what that means i mean that's again building in you know some security and confidence with the people you trust and you want them trust it, it also allows you sometimes to say hey listen i'm in a bind you know maybe you can't help me but like can you really look through your roll decks and maybe call in a favor for me and if you've been good to that person Chances are they're going to help you out. I, you know, it's. I would think so. I mean, it's. But but if you if you are the kind of person that is just burn and churn, don't care about the relationships. Hey, if you're not available, screw you. I'll get someone right. else. And, and you know what? The karma's going to get them because in, in the end, I and I've seen it happen time and time again. People don't pay, or they're like, "Well, do this for me, and then I'll pay you." It's like it's just a it's a pyramid scheme wrapped under a video production. You told me an interesting story before. We'll leave out the names to protect the innocent. You got a call from a client, new client, to do a job. Mm-hmm. You told said client you didn't have any availability in the time period that they were looking. Correct. You're now on the job with uh, a producer who hired you. 
And that producer tells you that he got a call from the same person that called you. Like you must have discussed it. He goes, oh, that person called me. Mm. And he was considering taking the job. Mm -hmm. And it got into this little gray area for you because you, on one hand, turned down the job. This guy was posturing that he would take the job and then hire you to do it by rerouting some of your time that you were already holding for him. And so how does that, how does that rationalize in your world? It, it didn't really rationalize very well. Um, I, I, and again, I, I was very emotional about it because, you know, I take care of people that take care of me. It's that simple. And it's, I've always been that way. You know, you treat me well, I'll treat you well. It's like, I'll go to the wall for you, you know, and assuming you'll do the same for me. When I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or, you know, abused in some way, I don't take kindly to it. Now, if that's ego or, you know, whatever, I, it's just I felt wronged by this. And it is kind of an ethical dilemma, I, you know, and I guess the argument on his side, well, if you can't do it and I can't do it, then someone else is going to do it. So wouldn't you rather someone you know do it? And like, I kind of said no. It's like I felt like it was just wrong that I'm turning down this job because I'm so busy working for you. Do, are you respecting them because you feel like they're an ethical operator in the universe of video production? Or do you respect them because they're just paying you fairly and on time? I, you know, I'm very old school. I was raised, you know, you, you work hard, you make a good day's pay. And, and because there's some ethics question. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's definitely. Oh, there's ethics. Oh, there's ethics. Um, I, it, you know, it's just I, I don't I never want to get to the point where I'm cavalier or I have an attitude. Oh, God, this guy wants to hire me again. I mean, no, you, no, you know, because I wouldn't want to be treated. I'm sorry. No, sorry. I just want to pay you to do work. You know, didn't right. mean to inter but, but, interrupt but, but your you, life. But you said the word respect. So that's why I was asking. Right. I guess it's it's just. When someone hires you and pays you for your skills, I, I think there's a certain amount of respect that goes with that. You don't want to be. He's disrespectful. respectful to you in that he he uh, values he your values my skills, my ability, but, my but, but, my experience. Right, but his his ethics are a little questionable. Well, again, but again, I, you're not taking that into effect in 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 this instance. in this instance. No, this is just purely. Again, coincidence that I turned down the job and then he was approached to do the job right on the same day. Right. So in in my book, from my vantage point, if you turned it down and he knew you turned it down and he wanted to take it, and it wasn't like it was an existing client of yours. It was a it, new it was, client. It was a you. new client. I hadn't done work for it. Right. We would have been doing work, but things got delayed because of COVID. Right. So I think it would be okay in my book if he took the job. I think it would be crossing the line if he took the job, then put you on that same job, even because only because he held you for so many days and he was just going to shuffle your time around and you would basically be working on the job that you turned down. That would be, in my book, crossing the line right and again like it really upset me at first and but then it upset me even more when he said well i can take you off this job and and then you can and then i'll have you do it i'm like 
Right, like well, wait a minute. Like you're so a I wasn't that important in the first place. Right, like you're a pawn in his chessboard. Right, but then he approached me later. He's like, "Well, why don't we just split the job?" And it's like, "Well, whose client is it now? Is it his or is it mine?" Right, but why would you split it again? Like that to me is crossing the line. Where, hey, this was my gig. I turned it down. I don't want to do it now. Like splitting it. Hey, you work on this job, and you're going to make half as much. <laughs> How does that work out? You know, and this is where, what am I? Am I an independent contractor or am I a business? I, You know, should I have said, well, yeah, let me, uh, I'll bring one of my producers in. We can try to set up a meeting and then take a look at what your needs are and then figure out how to do it. I mean, maybe in retrospect, I should have done that. But all I saw was they wanted me, they needed me, and I'm looking at the next three, four, five weeks and I'm booked. And it's like, right. And- all right, maybe I had a day here or there, but- I, it's like I'm a human being. I, I mean, you, I'm not a you robot. Were, you were being honest about your ability to commit to a job. Right, and if I didn't you can't want right commit to getting you or the resources there. Why do it? Right, and just and even if I wasn't necessarily on the job, it would have been my responsibility. It would have run through my business. I would have been held accountable. Your name would be on the bottom line. Yeah, and I I don't want to give somebody a half-hearted effort. Right. So so that's respectful. But it just it just rubbed me the wrong way, this whole situation. And, and he ma- should have just taken the job and not said anything to you and just done it, and <laughs> and that would be fine. But really, if- I don't like I don't know about that. And then I find out about it. Well, but, I mean, look, it maybe I should have never mentioned it in the first place. That I, you know, I was just being kind of a wise guy. Yeah, but it wasn't like he went out and sought. No, them he out. didn't. But it's and and again, you know, now that I've stepped back from it, maybe. I would get a little too emotional about it. It, it, but you know, I'm very protective of my brands and and how I've done business because I'm very. Did, fair. did he? Did he, Mister X, say that you would be working on the job through his company? Well, he started implying. Well, to you the know, client. Uh, well, he knew. He did call back and say, "Well, you know, Lou, uh, you know, was is with me." now um right see that would bother me yeah so like it's like, like i've got i've got the guy that you called he's in my pocket right so i'll do your job and you'll still get lou you know and that's and that's that well with that being said i feel that we've run over our broadcast window for today <laughs> and we this is the first podcast i've done with you without uh um you know, enjoying some tequila. Yeah, well, we, we've been drinking some good red wine, and there will be some tequila flowing very soon. I look forward to uh, enjoying it. There's a nice picanha steak mm. in your future. Mm. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed in your recent podcast, I find myself now saying, go on. Go on. <laughs> anyway, Lulita, thank you for sharing. Thank you. I think that um, in the greater sense of community for the production world these are important things to talk about a lot of people don't want to talk about them they feel it's dirty laundry but i think it's important you know these are real world issues and and and, you know we're so used to them that i you know it's like they come and they go and i forget about them but you know you gotta um, talk about them you gotta put these things out there so that right and it's it's, good and it's good for us to talk about them because sometimes they just end up bottled up inside and you don't maybe you're filled with resentment or angst or or strife or or stress or whatever it may be 
and you got to talk it through because I mean at the end of the day these are all just jobs and there's always another job that's true okay Mr. Lulita for this week in production cheers cheers do you have something to say drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or even better call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message 601 564 TWIP. That's 601 564 8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay. That's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.